Good morning. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to uh, the original Loretta Brown Show Radio to open the heart, heal the soul, and awaken the consciousness with my right-hand man, Benny Mathers. Da, 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 da. Hello. Good morning, Loretta. Uh, yeah, I always have to add Benny in there because he, <laughs> he makes the magic, and I just look cute. Well, maybe it's... <laughs> wow. <laughs> like... <laughs> Early morning shots fired. <laughs> totally oh. fine. I accept it. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you can beat me by cuteness. That's fine. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> and we can both do the magic because. Of course. It happens out right. there. So anyway, I hope everybody's having a good morning. You're waking up and I'm looking out and it, I don't know what the weather's doing today, but we've been having some really great weather. And honestly, I would like a little bit of rain. Um, yeah, it's dry. Yeah. It's really dry out there. And um, I just want to say this. Um, this is not the time to be setting off your fireworks that were left over from the 4th of July. No, no, no. We're done. We're past that. No, we're past that. Actually, I woke up last night and somebody was doing that. And I thought, oh. Really? Yeah. And I understand there's this massive fire down in Oregon. I have um, clients down there. Some people have been evacuated. So just just uh, water, do what you can. I've got my hummingbird feeder out there and realized the other day that the hummingbirds, the bees, and the ants were all vying for it. So I had to clean it up and move it around and, and <laughs> put out a little bit of water for everybody so <laughs> they can get along. We've got to get along now. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I've got a great guest coming on. So my introduction and, and little um, Skywatch report, my little uh, astrological forecast will be very short because she's going to tell us everything we ever wanted to know and then some. So I am uh, Loretta Brown. I'm the owner of Reiki Oasis located right here in the greater Seattle area for the last 26, 27 years. And uh, we are going strong over there. You can find out more about me at ReikiOasis.com and schedule at schedule.ReikiOasis.com. I am doing some in-person sessions and still a lot of remote sessions because, uh, number one, people have found it to be very convenient and also because I've got clients all over the world. Um, every Sunday, Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, I have Sunday meditation with Loretta. And you can sign up for that. If you cannot join me at that time, I'll just send you a recording. It's that easy. And then you'll have a meditation. You can listen to it anytime you want. Every month, I have a class for women called the Temple of the Divine Feminine. And this month, we will be meeting on Saturday, July 24th. And that will be via Zoom. And uh, so, yeah, please join us. We do all kinds of wonderful things. Uh, that help nourish our soul. And a big shout out to my patrons. I am a listener supported show. You can go to patreon.com slash the Loretta Brown show and uh, become part of that family. So anyway, we do have a lot going on. This is a busy astrological weather month of July. And I'm only going to talk briefly about two things briefly and if my guest wants to talk more about them, I invite her, but we are going to talk about her wonderful book and what she does. But on July 13th was just a couple of days ago, Venus and Mars had this amazing sort of alignment and <clears throat> Venus and Mars, when they get together are, are 
lovers, you know, Venus, the goddess of love and Mars is that fearless warrior. And when they come together, there's a merging of energies for about a, a week on either side of that date. And of course, I never really think of things as light switches on the wall, but um, it may bring some things to the forefront for you to take a look at in regards to heart and love and relationships and who knows, maybe it's a good thing. Maybe it's a good thing. Yeah. And then today, which is July 15th, Chiron, uh, the asteroid known as the wounded healer is going retrograde and it's currently in the sign of Aries and it will remain in retrograde until December 19th. And I sort of think of, of this as helping us heal the wound of our identity, which is kind of a big wound. So it's not really about healing a wound for the sake of perfection. That's not, that's not the idea. But perhaps we could gain some wisdom that the wound has brought us to. Maybe we can take a look at that and say, well, what, what is my connection with myself now? What have I gone through and where have I found myself to be? You know, because it is always about our growth. And um, I say it all the time, and I know my guest agrees with me. We are greater than the stars in some aspect, and um, we're just taking a look at the mirror of our own self up there, which segues right into my guest. I'm so excited to have her. It's really, really fun. Um, like I say, um, I, I give you guys little what I call hobbyist updates because I'm a hobbyist astrologer, but... Catherine Merlin is the real thing. She is a practicing astrologer for over 40 years. She's the author of several books to include Astrology, the Magic Mirror. I love this title, Astrology, the Magic Mirror. And um, astrology is just, to me, one of the best ways to look into the mirror. I think of numerology, astrology, tarot, and all of these things as just you're, you're going to look at yourself from a different angle. I hate to say you're the elephant in the room, but you are kind of, and you look at yourself in many different ways. Um, Catherine, who says she loves to be called Kate. Kate, thank you for being on the show and welcome. Yeah, it's great. to Thank have you for having me. Yeah. So I want to start out because um, a lot of my listeners are already on this um, train of astrology, right? But there are a lot of people who don't really understand what it is. And I probably, like you, have ran into people who go, oh, I don't believe in that. You know, like it's a belief system or something. It's exactly. It's not a belief system. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you see it working. Um, it actually is not based on the planets beaming down on us and doing things to us. And that's that's how it's presented to the public. And, you know, that naturally people are going to say, well, that's ridiculous. Because well, it is ridiculous. Yeah, it is ridiculous. <laughs> I, um, I have said to people, and I want you to expand upon this, but sometimes I've said, I look at it like an energetic weather report, right? So if I'm like today, I, I started out looking out the window going, well, what is happening today? And if it's sunny, I probably am not going to wear all my winter clothes, right? And so it's like Precisely. a certain amount of preparation, perhaps. Yeah. yeah, that's a good analogy, the weather. And in fact, there, there are some astrologers who predict the weather from astrology. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You know, because you can. It's all related. It's all one. So what would be your definition of astrology? And, and, and 
what is the difference between astrology and astronomy? Well, astronomy is observing the planets in the sky, seeing how they're behaving in terms of their relationship to to the whole picture, the whole physical picture. Whereas astrology is totally different. And in the in ancient times, people looked up at the stars and they were fascinated by them and they created myths about them and they saw pictures in the sky of, you know, centaurs and all kinds of creatures and they related to them in that fashion but what it's really about and i think this is just the the truth of everything is that everything that occurs in the same minute is related so you can look at the the pattern of the of the stars and the various planets and gain insight into that specific time it's about time it's not about cause and effect. It's about as above, so below, synchronicity. That's what it is. I love that as above, so below. Um, so do I. You know, I've traveled all over the world. And I remember being in Egypt and they're like, okay, the pyramids are like possibly lined up with Orion's belt or, you know, what yes. it is. And um, I really believe that there are reflections is and like I said that's why I love your title so much the magic mirror because I've always looked at it like a reflection of some kind of mirror yeah you ever hear the term scrying I'm sure you have yeah the ancient art of looking in a mirror and telling the future from what appeared in the mirror but I think astrology is a form of scrying oh I love that yeah I hadn't really thought of it like that it's really really great yeah. Um, so the magic mirror in your in your book, because we're touching all over it. Yeah. That's what you're talking about. Yes, exactly. Exactly. You can you can look at one thing and find out about another thing. And you you know, you look at a mirror and you see your reflection. So you find out things about yourself by looking at your face. <laughs> You find out what you apparently look like. And over um, there, or my eyes are puffy, or something, right? I know. It's just, it's this as above, so below, all things. The whole, the whole trick is when we're here in this body, in this world, we're living in time. And so if you take a little slice of time, you can find out a great deal, but it has to be understanding that everything is related in terms of that specific moment everything that you see is related to everything else that happens in that moment which means you're an active participant in that because you're absolutely yeah yeah you're not a passive recipient of some kind of thing that's being done to you which that's what people a lot of people think astrology is well, and then you talk about too, like, I think the first chapter, when the first chapters in your book is about fate, and a lot of people do look at it like that, well, then I'm fated for these terrible things, right? Or I'm, or you were born under a lucky star, so life is easy for you, but look at me, right? You know. But so- I think we, we enter time at a specific moment for a specific reason. The things that happen to us are related to what we are, but that's because we enter time already 
existent on another plane. Oh, I love how you put that. So if I'm, if my soul is eternal, right. And I'm, I'm, I'm going along and I'm dipping into life and coming back, dipping in, dipping in. So, you know, and I just have to ask this question. So the, the chart, the astrological chart can actually tap into that continuity of the soul. And precisely, precisely. I I like to say, I, I, I'm very pleased with this idea that it's when you, when I look at a chart, it's like coming into the middle of a story you know, the, the being, and I frankly know this, the being is e- eternal. And so they come into time and they bring with them what they had before when they were in time. They re-enter that level, you might say. And um, yes, it's total continuity. And so what we experience is what we need to experience. and we bring to our experience maybe a newness and a freshness every time we're here, hopefully. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we do have people, because a lot of my people say, why do I keep, you know, getting involved with the same guy and it's not the right guy, right? Like that pattern. Yeah, Yeah. there's a pattern there that is in, and sometimes it's karmic, quite frankly. I hate to use that old 60s word, but um we encounter people we need to learn from and we have a pattern that uh is ours and so the more we experience our own reality and if we take responsibility for it then we're going to learn if we just think oh oh this horrible guy he turned out to be so mean <laughs> you know it's just not that i mean why were we encountering that person now because you do people's charts and you've done them for over 40 years right (laughs) (laughs) and i i did hear what you said you know you said a couple of things there number one was that it's a story every time you do someone's chart you're sort of stepping into their story their story in this lifetime has to deal with the moment they decided to step in, which I was also thinking about, oh, you're late to the party, huh? You know, or <laughs> That's early, cute. Right? You know, which, because um, I like to make things simple. So if I'm early to the party, I have a very different experience than if I'm late to the party, right? And if yeah. I dropped appropriately or if I didn't, right? You know, it's a simple way of looking at it. Sure. But when you when you do a chart, you know, like the first thing you would do would be like the birth chart. Yeah, and that's everything, you know, that's. And it's always a challenge because every human being, every being is like a different country. That's how I see it. It's like, oh, I've arrived in this different country now. What is this? You know, and, and to to bring to it an openness to, to try to, to witness another being's reality is what it's all about. You can't have too many preconceptions because that clouds it and it's presumptuous, I think, really. How did you get into this? Because mm-hmm. I can tell that this is really who you are. It's truly who you be, yeah. You know, the funniest thing, um, I discovered about 10 years ago that 
my great-great-grandfather, who I knew nothing about. I knew nothing about him, my mother's family. But I was trying to find out about his wife, who had my name and was living in the place I was moving to. And I couldn't find out anything about her. So I, I Googled him. And I got this article, Astrology Verified, by a theosophist. And it talked all about my great-great-grandfather as an astrologer. Who, who was known, and in fact, I just got something from somebody who is involved in an old, very old uh, newspaper publication called the, the Truth Seeker, which is fascinating. I don't know if you've heard of it. Mm-mm. And and the guy who, who published it was a good friend of my great-great-grandfather, so his obituary was published in there, and I found out so much about him. He was a very respected astrologer, and in fact, it's over here. I don't know if should I read it. It just yeah, that would be, I think that would be wonderful. I, for some reason, have goosebumps while you're talking about that. So, um, Loretta, it blew my mind. It said, um, "Yeah," said uh, he often expressed himself as having no doubt of the reality of spirit life affirming that he had received proofs strong enough to place the matter beyond a question in his mind. Now, I've had, I've said that myself. And then he was an ardent believer in astrology. His reputation as an astrologer became quite widespread, and many resorted to him to consult the aspects and portents of the stars in their various interests. It goes on. It was deemed remarkable by many who visit how he could be. So he was a horary astrologer, which is a little different. And also he was a homeopath. So he combined homeopathy and astrology. Now he was a brilliant. I mean, I feel so fortunate to be descended from him. What was his name? Uh, Dr. Charles Winterburn. Oh, man. I am getting goosebumps like crazy. Uh, don't you think he's here? And yeah, I think he's guided me. And yes, you know, here I was, this kind of hippie girl, and you know, and I astrology just drew me like a magnet, and I just started studying it and knew it. And I, I would do, I would when I was doing my charts for people, I would ask for guidance, and I think, I think he's always just been around. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm just going to have to validate that because I have goosebumps, which is one of my signals of dearly. Wow. Yeah. So I'm just like, wow. Okay, that's that's there. Yeah. And you know what I think is really, really lovely as you sharing it. It makes me feel like crying. I'm that empath girl. And um, it also, though, is is reminding me to say to to everyone, you know, our ancestors help us and we are not alone. And they want to help us. And it's the truth. And we, yeah. And if there was ever a time on planet Earth we needed it, it's now. It is now. Yeah. No, I know the Chinese worship their ancestors, and I can see why because they're they're participating in our experience. I mean, I've had amazing experiences around his family and everything, and they're they're part of who we are, and they're with us. And if we acknowledge them and honor them, and I love talking about him, you know, in this public way, and his son was also a brilliant person, a brilliant homeopath who has articles online, I found from, you know, the early 1900s, I just feel like 
Okay, so here we are. We think we're so special and separate, and we're not. We're part of something else, something greater than us. Yes, absolutely. And I want to say, I think he wanted to be on the radio interview. So <laughs> we brought him public, and, and he seems to be okay with that. So I'm just so glad you shared that. Um, this idea that we're part of something greater, I think, is needs to be our mantra going forward going into the Aquarian age here as we're doing yeah exactly yeah and I'm thinking about the stars and how each one of us is a star in its own right in that sky of all that is and to be able to find our way to know more about why we are here right now and who we are that to me is is what you help people uh, get to it's a gift, you know, it's a true gift to be able to look into that magic mirror uh, and, and say, oh my gosh, there's this thing about myself that I, maybe I didn't really know, or a validation of the self so that you can amplify it, right? Instead of spending time over here, just, just. When am I going to get married? <laughs> you don't want that kind of thing. It's like, well, you have a lot of possibilities or well, I'm sorry, but what you're carrying in terms of your emotional nature is so negative that you'd probably be better off not marrying. I mean, you 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 can't say those things to people. No, no, you can't. But I I I lo- I want to kind of point this out because um, I run into the same thing, and and with all due respect and 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 blessings and love to all, um, quite often people will come, and I know they do this with you, where they're saying, "When will I get married? Who will I marry?" Um, will I be healthy? Will I be happy? Right. As though somehow it, like I said, is fated or written in the stars that you will do this, 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 and this. And it's not necessarily that clear. No, you're writing the story. Mm -hmm. See, I think that's what people need to understand that they are the author of their fate. Right. Yeah. So the astrological chart, then, when we say we we are, you know, the master of our own ship and we are creating this. So how can it help someone? What is the valuable information that someone could get? And, and that might not be an easy answer because I suddenly had a list of like a thousand things. Right. I'll just tell you something about my chart that, that I've, I understand. I have a, a very strong Mars, which is your aggression. But it's, it's, you know, yourself kind of pushing out into the world and here I am. And then it's in a, a difficult aspect to the contractive Saturn. Mm. And oh. Mars in a woman often is, it's the male side of your nature. So the man you encounter in your life is going to embody the traits that you're carrying and you'll encounter them in him. But also in me, I'm strong and aggressive, but I'm also very self-protective and uncertain at times or afraid. You know, I see those things playing out that I have a conflict with my own aggression. And it's things like that, that you can see and you can use and work on in yourself. Yeah, no, I I hear you. I I hear you uh, very clearly. I'm, I'm thinking to myself of, uh, and, and I'll just ask this as a question, you know, because a lot of people 
um, just look at their sun sign, right? And, and they go and they read some little blurb somewhere about the sun signs. So what is really, um, what do people really be ne needing to look at? Well, the fact is that sun sign astrology is not so terribly off-putting because our sun sign really does help us to understand some ways in which we operate. So we can get insight from that. But if we really want to see the story we're writing and see the continuity of it, then we should get our charts done. Now, there's a lot of different types of astrology. There are. Right. And there's a lot of different astrologers. How, how can someone wade through that? Like, where should they look? And, and do you do personal charts? Well, I have in the past. I'm sort of stepping back a little bit. I do do them. But um, I think in terms of all the different, and this has taken me a long time to get to this place, but what I see is that all the different techniques are valid. It's like spinning a dial. You can set it here or here or here and get truth. So people can go to just about any type of practitioner and, and get something valuable if the practitioner is any good. Yeah, I'm thinking again of the analogy of the elephant and maybe even getting uh, readings from different types of astrologers. Yeah. Helps you actually piece it together a little bit. Um, what do we do when we discover that there is like a, I'm going to say, it, I'm going to use the quantitative words, bad and good aspects, although, you know. Yeah, no, you, I know they're, they're valid in a way. That's valid. <laughs> yeah. What do we do when we discover there's like a bad aspect? You know, do we just stay in bed with a blanket over our head? What it's tempting. We... It's tempting. But obviously, it's a challenge. I mean, it's how Dane Rudyard was a very famous astrologer. Mm -hmm. And he wrote some extremely insightful books. And he said, it's not the event that happens to the person. It's the person who happens to the event. So it's all in terms of our ability to transmute the energy and deal with it in a constructive way, rather than being felled by it like a tree falling down in the forest. You know, it's like, oh, I have a terrible Mars, which I did have a terrible Mars aspect. Um, should I hide? Uh, and if you can take it on, you're going to learn to use that force in life more adeptly. If you hide from it, you'd just be, you know, overcome by that energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I also think that it helps because sometimes people will say to me, Loretta, what is going on in the sky? I'm having a really hard time. And I'm like, I, I, I don't actually do personal charts. I'm a hobbyist over here, right? But, you know, there's, you know, these planets are doing this thing, right? And maybe that might help explain it. Um, we're going to go ahead and take a station break. And um, I, I have a feeling like I can't believe we're at, we're at the bottom of the hour. That I feel like I've talked to you for three minutes. Um, I'm talking to the amazing Catherine or Kate Merlin. I love your last name. It's so it's my real name. It's my birth name. <laughs> yeah, well, you're definitely a wizard of the skies, honey. You're, you're it. And her book, Astrology, The Magic Mirror. 
And uh, don't go away because when we come back, I'm going to ask her about the infamous Mercury retrograde and what retrogrades mean altogether. So we're going to take a little station break. This is Loretta Brown. We'll be right back. Energy is powerful. It's all around us, mysterious, full of potential. Directing positive healing energy to raise your vibrational rate through Reiki can change your life. Reiki master Loretta Brown has relieved stress, sadness, anger, and even helped clients lose weight, stop smoking, and end sleep disorders. Worldwide, people have sought out Reiki Oasis. If you want help with your dis-ease, visit ReikiOasis.com. Harness life's energy. Visit ReikiOasis.com today. Hi, I'm Dr. Shelley Place with today's tip for kids from the American Academy of Pediatrics. Kids are full of energy, but keeping them active in their teen years can be a challenge. Aim for an hour of physical activity every day. If they like sports, that's a great place to start. Keep the focus on fun, not winning, and encourage your child to do a variety of activities. If your child isn't meeting that 60-minute goal, gradually increase their activity in ways they enjoy. For more, talk with your pediatrician or visit HealthyChildren.org. Alternative Talk 1150. We're on your radio at 1150 AM. We're on your HD radio at 98.9 Channel 3. So many ways to listen. We're on the web at 1150kknw.com. Streaming live audio and video as well as MP3 archives of many of our shows. So many ways to listen. And now, we're on your smartphone or tablet. Download our free app in the Apple App Store or Google Play and take Alternative Talk 1150 anywhere you go. So many ways to listen. Alternative Talk 1150, here to uplift your day. I love it. Welcome back to the original Loretta Brown Show with my guest, Catherine Merlin, or Kate Merlin, and her book, Astrology, The Magic Mirror. And uh, you can find out more about me, Loretta Brown, at reikioasis.com or at the KKNW uh, archive site. And by the way, these radio shows are recorded on all kinds of platforms, um, you can find it, uh, listen to us on Podcast One, iTunes, Spotify. Somebody even said I'm on Audible. And um, uh, the live YouTubes can be found on the KKNW site. Uh, look for the Loretta Brown Show. And uh, yeah, you can listen to them over and over again like my daughter does. <laughs> Which was to Aww, hear my voice. That's, sweet. that's very sweet. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, I like it. So, um, before the break, I said that when we got back, I was going to ask Kate about Mercury retrograde and retrogrades in general. Can you talk to us about that? Because everybody always goes, oh, it's Mercury retrograde. My hair's on fire. Right? There are a lot of debates about, you know, whether it's really worth looking at. But I think it is. And in fact, what it is that happens is that particular planet that goes retrograde is moving more slowly in relationship to the Earth. And so it appears to be moving backwards. I mean, it's not really <laughs> moving backwards. We know that the planets don't move backwards, but it appears that way. And I think the synchronistic effect is that, yes, I think things are with Mercury retrograde. I've seen this to some degree. I haven't tested it. And there are astrologers who claim that they have, and it's true and it's not, but you would you would imagine that that reality of something moving more slowly and so that the earth appears to be out distancing it would have an effect and mercury retrograde is a time when things do get more skewed because mercury is the planet of details and thinking 
I think people don't think as clearly, perhaps. Mm. And there's uh, confusion in terms of cross signals and whatnot. Details, things getting slowed down that, that have to do with mercury issues like documents or details. You know, I also was asking during the break about um, planetary influences on the individual versus the collective. And I was just, while you were talking about Mercury retrograde, I was thinking, hmm, so if Mercury is retrograde, that affects the collective. But, you know, dependent upon your own chart, it, it might have a different effect upon you. Is that, would that be correct? Well, everybody's Mercury is placed in a sign and has certain aspects to it. So that kind of shows how their how their mind operates and how their communications work. And some are more adept with Mercury than others. And so yes, I think you know, I think I think there's a, a way in which it's it'll affect people differently, the Mercury retrograde. Yeah. I um uh... I, I love what you just said there. Yeah, some people are more adept with Mercury than others, uh, which brings me to a question about all of the planets. Could you tell the listening audience basically what the planets represent? Because, you know, Mercury, we think of as communication, right? Yeah. But could you talk about that and the influence of those planets upon us? Yeah. Okay. Um, Mercury is the functioning of the mind, the, just our regular minds. And it's a very profound planet because you can see so many things like the nervous system, the functioning of the nervous system. Someone who has, for instance, another planet on their Mercury, like Mars is gonna be talk very fast and might have nervous system issues. Okay, that's Mercury. Then we have Venus, which is has to do with what we pull towards us. It's our drawing female, power and it's love and romance and sensuality mars mars is mars is a tough energy it's represent represents the male energy but it's also it's so aggressive it's a survival instinct and people who have very strong marses are usually very successful although they may be ruthless and it rules inflammation, so you can see that from it. And then what do we have next? We have um, Mercury, Venus, Mars. We, we're going into Jupiter. Jupiter is more of a principle. It's a little more abstract than, than those planets I just described. And it's about expansion, the whole way in which things expand and grow. And it used to be uh, Jupiter was a benefic god and it has very positive attributes but it can lead to self-indulgent because we're like oh yes 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 you know like mercury uh, venus or jupiter can be someone who eats too much oh yeah <laughs> they indulge <laughs> in the pleasures of life yeah and then Saturn is its opposite, and it's about contractive energy, like this, and it's a very stern energy. It rules the conscience, and it's it's Yahweh, the punitive God, and it is um, limitation and gravity. It brings us lessons to learn, and it's it's when you pass 
Saturn in terms of your evolution that you get into the higher energies, which are Neptune. Oh, Neptune is the principle of unity. It's like we're all one. It melts boundaries. And it's positive in some ways, but people who have afflictions to it are constantly trying to melt their boundaries and they get into escapism a lot. But if it's well aspected, the person, now Joe Biden has a beautiful Neptune, by the way. Mm. He has, he has a, something in his chart that my teacher used to say, uh, showed that the person was an initiate, which really surprised me. Saturn sextile uh, Neptune, but it's the whole awareness of our unity, our absolute interconnectedness. And then Uranus, Uranus is the rebel, the individualizer, the genius, the intuition, the thing that tells us to follow our true self. It's the true self. Then Pluto goes beyond everything. It breaks everything down and makes it be reborn. So it's regeneration. And it's a difficult energy, but um, it's extremely profound. The alchemists, I think, were tapping into what it was about, where they turned dross into gold. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's very Plutonian, the mm -hmm. whole idea of it. Thank you. I, I love that. I, I, I wanted you to do that because... I was thinking of a couple of things. Number one, the the stories of the gods and goddesses, right? You know, when you read about them and, and they all have personalities and then yes. you have these planets that are named after that. And there's this influence, you know, upon us. Um, and I just want people to begin to look at that. Like for me, the the planets are, they, they talk with each other or they fight with each other or That's they- true. <laughs> or they get along, you know, like all arms around each other, you know, and um, that that I think is something to help invite people into more curiosity about astrology and actually having their charts done. Uh, I want to point out, too, in your book, Astrology, the Magic Mirror, I love your book. You you not only talk about astrology, but you give these real life stories of how it shows up in people's lives. And yeah. It, so it's a very readable book. I want people to understand that. You also have a whole chapter about love and you have a whole chapter about sex. That'll probably make them buy it right there. <laughs> <laughs> right? And um, these are, and you have very clear in the book, you you talk about if your Venus is in, you know. Uh, which sign. Yeah, which sign your Venus is in, how that will show up for you and how, how it might help define you. So, um, and then, I don't know, I'm, no, I'm throwing a lot out there, but I just want to give people little tidbits, you know, of something that might appeal to them. You also talk a lot about life cycles, right? The great life cycles. Yeah. So in your own life, because you do share this in the book, what are some things that have happened that aligned with your chart that helped make sense of that? But the cycles? The cycles or the placement of planets, right? So many things. I don't know where to start with that. Um, Just maybe so, one that pops out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, the cycles. I, Jupiter makes 12-year cycles comes back to the place a cycle is when a, a planet comes back to the place it was when you were born so it just starts you on a new journey 
and I had, you know, discovered in my own life that very profound things happened at my first Jupiter cycle. The next one, I stepped into a new reality. And, you know, I went from where I had been into becoming a traveler of the world. You know, each 12-year cycle seemed to launch me to some degree. Mm. It's not always so clear-cut as that. But to some degree, on a new learning, a, a growth period. So that's Jupiter, for instance. Um, I love that because, you know, a lot of people also talk about their Saturn return. You Those know. are so profound. Oh. Can you talk about that for a moment? Yeah. Sure. It's every 29.7 years that the planet Saturn, which is the conscience and the structurer and, you know, this very, very significant force of human energy or psychic energy returns to where it was when you were born. And that that time around 20, between about 28 and 20, late 27, 28, 29, people's lives often change profoundly because they start to see that they're creating patterns, that they're of a certain type, and either they just don't get it and don't try, or they say, oh, well, I could do something with this. And for me, it felt like when I reached that point of my life, that I saw some of my patterns. And, you know, when you're younger, things just happen to you. But then you reach a point, it's like the wheel of fate seems to move towards you because it's who you were. Then you start seeing who you were and you have the opportunity to put your hand out and stop that wheel and turn it out. So you can start creating another reality. And then when you reach your next one, which is, you know, in your late 50s, or it's 58, 59, all that period, some people choose to leave the planet at that time. I've seen that happen. Uh -huh. You know, they're like, I, this is not working. <laughs> you know, deep down, they're so dissatisfied. Each one, each 27, at 29.7 years brings us to a point of reckoning, of coming to terms with what we have, what we have been, what we want to be, whether we're going to take responsibility or just crumble. Yeah. Yeah. I'm also hearing you very clearly and, and we've, we've alluded to this a couple of times, but this is really about your story and what are you going to do with it? Exactly. Exactly. It's not about your being this kind of passive recipient of, things that happen to you it's about who you are what you're doing here what what are you carrying what are you creating and if you approach life like that you can you can really grow and open up and become much more fulfilled i think is is the way to look at it yeah i i agree with you and i also you know because i'm such a proponent of people you know, falling in love with their own self, you know, uh, you know, going, well, this is who I am rather than, gee, I wish I could be that over there and, and embracing that in some fashion. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. that's, that's a very positive way to look at it. And if we can accept that, that we have some pr constant purpose in being who we are and using our energy that, um, 
that makes us evolve. It, it's just, it's a wonderful challenge. It's a wonderful way to live life. Yeah, I love what you said about energy, because like I said, I, I do think of the planets as <laughs> people, <laughs> you know, fighting and talking and, and whatnot, but they, they uh, affect us, you know, with that astrological uh, forecast, you know, the weather forecast, which also makes me think about people in the same way, because it's the way my brain works, like you know, you're Kate and I'm Loretta and, and we're, we're planets, we're stars of our own forests, right? <laughs> That's true. That's a very good attitude. And, and in Vedic astrology, when they interpret um, some of the, the positions of the planets to say, oh, these planets are friends, you know, they'll, they'll actually say that, that they're friends in your chart. Um, so you also talk in your book about the, the important importance of knowing the ascendant what is the ascendant and well, why ascendant is what is on the horizon at the minute you were born according to the exact spot you were in at that time and it um it defines the whole setup of of your of your pattern so if you don't have your time you can't really have a chart it, it won't work because it's all about us living in this this plane of time this dimension this reality of time and that's what the ascendant is based on that exact minute of birth so is that also what people say when uh, you know so, so and so is rising yeah is the it's the rising sign it's it's what's on the horizon right when you're born so my so i my chart just three things moon sun and 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 ascend I'm curious about them what are they so i'm a, a aries sun oh. capricorn moon oh sagittarius rising aha uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense sagittarius <laughs> yes i love how you lit up thank you for that yeah <laughs> well i knew there had to be something very cosmic going on Sagittarius is, is this, it rules the ninth house of the, of the, you know, the chart, the basic charts, the whole way the setup goes. And it's the house of visions, beliefs, spirituality. So Sagittarius, I have a Sagittarius moon, you know, it, we're attracted to all of that conceptual and mm -hmm. kind of visionary yeah. kind of level. Yeah. Yeah, very visionary. Yeah, that's fun. Thank you. And I wanted to pull this out, too, because you mentioned Biden and he had this energy of the initiate. You also point out in your book uh, some things about Trump's chart. Do you want to share just a couple of things <laughs> to go deep into that? I, not too much, but I'll just say. Yeah, because I don't want to turn it that way. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. But he ha he does have Regulus rising, which is a fixed star that's on his ascendant. You probably heard this which is extremely considered extremely lucky, like the luckiest royal star, but it does have a dark side to it where yeah. it can bring destruction on itself. But his pattern shows Neptune afflictions for one thing, which mm -hmm. means that he's out of sync with the principle, principle of uni unity, very much so. And he doesn't think clearly and, um, you know, he's um, also very hurt, which, you know, doesn't bring up my sympathies in terms of him. 
but he has an affliction to his the planet of love to venus that shows that he wasn't nurtured that there wasn't love around him you know so he doesn't have a very prepossessing chart but he has an extremely strong will and yeah. mars mars the planet of aggression dominates his pattern it's rising yeah i um thank you for sharing that and like i said i want to go too far into politics no. but um i think it's a good illustrative example of how the how the chart can help define or or clarify around someone right yeah yeah and, it can yeah and also because i i do i always believe people are who they are because they're doing what they came to do which is a big question <laughs> that could be a big conversation like why did that <laughs> that right which might tie into past lives and and collective and all kinds of things um i want to talk and i'm jumping from question to question because i have so many questions can you talk briefly about astrocartography? I have a lot of clients who are what I call migrating and people are being pulled and several people are like, I, I feel like I need to move, but I don't know where to go. What are the benefits of astrocartography? I think it's very useful. It, it, what it does is it sets your chart up in another location and shows how it works there. And um, it can be quite accurate and defining someone could have a, a a really beautiful venus on 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 the angle that's how they define it in a astrocartography ch uh, chart and find that they're in a very loving environment and they're very popular whereas if if saturn came up where they set the chart up in this other location um on an angle um they 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 would feel um very they have a lot of responsibilities or they would feel somewhat obscured mm. I, I think it functions i think i i do, did it for myself i can see it it's not overwhelming i mean you're still you you can still manifest your energy and grow and and do something really positive it's just that it, it's another factor it's something else to factor in yeah i i love what you said because um yeah it's my understanding that like you know yeah so if you were going to say i needed to you know, grow my business, or I want to find love, you might, you might use astrocartography to help you figure out where to be on the planet or where it might be more. Uh, I think it would help. I mean, you're still going to bring to it your own issues, whatever they may be. Right. Right. Yeah, whatever they may be. <laughs> <laughs> so can you predict death? in a chart I have a whole chapter on that and no because death isn't what we think it is it just it really is not that i've discovered that from from setting up charts some in some charts death looks like heaven <laughs> well I mean, it's weird i mean it's not what you'd expect <laughs> well yeah there could be that <laughs> You know, for some some people you see, oh wow, look at that! Ooh, they're going to be fine, and they are fine, but they're not here. But um, also, sometimes it, it depends. Like a horrible assassination or something doesn't look nice. It it doesn't look like a, a beautiful energy pattern. You can see the danger of it. You can see the possibility of it when you set up a chart like that. that. 
mention that. I do. I go into that. And, and, some, and, yeah. and, and some people who die sadly and cruelly, it shows. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's great. So why did you write this book? What do you hope people really get from it, Kate? It's my true book that I wrote because there's so many misconceptions about astrology. And, you know, I wrote two other books. The first one was, was really pretty direct, but it wasn't like this one. I just wanted to say what I had experienced and discovered from astrology and share it instead of having people want to say, oh, where's my penis and my Mars and what am I like? And what's going to happen to me? I wanted them to think, what is it about? What, how can I learn? What is, what is my purpose? You know, I, I, I wanted to bring another kind of perspective to astrology and it's very esoteric and I, it's not for everybody, but those who really want to understand and grow, maybe it'll shed some light. Yeah, I, I just want everyone to know, of, of course, I, I read it from front to back and loved it. It's a, it's an easy read, and I think it, it really fulfills a need in, in the market out there and, and maybe in our consciousness where it's, it's a really good introduction, but you also give a lot of really great details. And if people want to take the time to get their chart done, like you can even get a free chart done online, you know, just the chart, I do yeah. recommend yeah, but you could do that to find out, okay, where's my Venus and take a look at, at absolutely at you've got in here and um, things like that. But um, yeah, so it's, it's a good read. I just recommend it to everybody. I'm like, yeah, I should just go ahead and get it. Astrology, the magic mirror. So um, where, where can people find you? Well, I have a website. Um... And you have to spell my name right. I heard apparently if you don't, it's a disaster. If you don't spell it with two A's. Imposter Catherine Merlin's out there. There's some other Catherine Merlin. Other Loretta Browns. Don't get confused, right? It has to be spelled with two A's like my mother spelled it. CatherineMerlin.com is my website. But also um, the book is on Amazon and is available. And and I write the column for Town & Country magazine awesome that's great all righty uh any last words we're we're down to just the last little bit Mm -hmm. i think i think the last words are don't see yourself as a victim of fate see yourself as an author of your own story 